are back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining us. And, and once again, thanks for believing in me. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me as well. You guys have been fantastic. I'm grateful to have an amazing person on our podcast today. Her name's Angelique Richards. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, I've known her for... Uh, what's it been a couple years now or has it been a year it's been almost a year just over a year and uh i met her she uh um, i met her at wasatch recovery and uh, she's uh in recovery herself and doing well doing actually really amazing and uh, we connected just recently again and she you know agreed to be on this podcast to come share her story with us and so i want to thank you for being here and being willing to share your story with us thank you yeah you bet so um, why don't we just get started? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and, and some things about your family. Yeah. So I grew up in Oregon. I um, had two siblings. Okay. Um, grew, up, grew up LDS, born into the Mormon church. And I, um, at five years old, my parents got a divorce. And, okay. Um, my mom ended up getting married to a man who was abusive. And um, I, we moved around a lot. There was a lot of chaos and it was really, it was, it was a difficult Tough childhood. time. Yeah. Um, and then. So was this guy abusive to the whole family or just to your mom or? You know, he was abusive to the whole family. Okay. It was physical. It was, um, it was all, pretty much all the different yeah. forms of abuse there could be. And a lot of it was psychological. It, there was a lot of weird stuff. He wanted us to change our names and not call our dad dad and call him dad and right. isolated us from our family. And um, there was a lot of spiritual abuse in it too, which was difficult um, while... Like would use like uh, religion against you and make you yeah. feel like if you don't do certain things... You're going to hell kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of that. And then weird stuff like he would, if we didn't do our scripture study, he would be very angry and he'd throw us out of bed at three o'clock in the morning to do scripture study and we'd get abused if we said a word wrong. Just really backwards, right? Like that's not... That's tough. Yeah, yeah, not how religion should be. So, um, you know, I didn't feel safe. Didn't feel safe as a child. Didn't feel enough. Didn't feel worthy. Um, I had a very warped belief system around who I was and my worth and mm-hmm. carried that throughout my life. And yeah. um, we ended up getting out of that situation. We ended up um, actually fleeing in the night. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of things that happened and my mom finally had enough and woke up to it and was like, okay, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. And she, she was struggling, obviously, being in that. And um so we and it's that was really healing too is how old were you if you don't mind me asking what how old were you when you guys went through this when you fled through the night yeah i i was nine or ten i i have a i have trouble with timelines but nine or ten okay and i know he baptized me and that was something that was that was hard but um so we we left we went we had a a warden member who took us in and um and we were safe and my mom started over she worked three jobs so she could support herself we had this this tiny little house but we were safe and we were okay yeah um she ended up getting remarried 
and I was able to kind of have a more normal life. We, she married someone who wasn't, you know, who was stable. And um, I remember thinking that I never really belonged and I never fit in and that I truly believed that there was something wrong with me. Mm. And when I got to high school, I um, remember thinking, okay, what do I need to do to fit in? Not to belong, which is actually what I wanted. Right. But what do I need to fit in to be okay? And so I remember looking around and thinking, okay, Britney Spears was a big deal. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, she's (laughs) sexy. She's got a great body. She's blonde. And then I was like, okay, if I can be a cheerleader, if I can date the popular guy and and Mm -hmm. be skinny, I will be lovable. Mm. And so I did. And I did. And I was captain of the cheerleading team, dated the quarterback wore the letterman's jacket you know did all the did all the things and i still like i was safe and i was okay but i i still didn't feel enough right and um i carried i carried that over into college and um i had a lot of fun i went to uvsc at the time and had the lds experience of doing um the college out there. Yeah. I um one thing I've worked on actually with with you Todd is the my anger at the church. So I feel like I try not to s- paint my experience in a negative light. Well, it's your story and that's okay. Yeah. Don't don't worry about okay. you know where those feelings were at the time and how yeah. how you feel about it. You you're just sharing where you're coming okay. from and so you know, I, I know that you've had, you know, some issues with that and that's right. okay. Yeah. So kind of tell why, why that turned out to be something you really struggled with. Yeah. So I, um, I got married when I was 20 and I wasn't ready. I didn't really have a, a strong desire to get married, mm-hmm. but I felt like that's what I was supposed to do and what God wanted and what my family wanted. And it would be the, the right thing, the good thing to do. Right. And I feel like getting married at such a young age, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. There's a lot that comes with it. And with the way that my mindset was, I was not at all prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And once I got married and I, I, you know, everything, a lot of things shifted. And it was a lot that like, I need to be worthy. I need to be enough. And now I'm in this marriage and I t- am taking on a whole new family. Mm-hmm. And um, not only any family, a family that is incredible and very stable and perfection to me. Yeah. And not only am I a recovering addict, alcoholic, I, I'm a perfect perfectionist so mm-hmm. much. And so I feel like to be okay, I need to be perfect. Yeah. And there's no room for imperfection. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do now? to hustle and for my worth. So now, yeah, I'm not going to be the cheerleader. I'm not going to be the most popular. I need to be the best housewife. So I looked around and I, I saw my so, mother. So what you're saying is if you're perfect, everything will be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you saw your mom. So my mother-in-law. Oh, so mother-in-law. I, the, yeah, okay. the family I'm married into who is in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir wakes up at 5 a.m. to sew burp cloths for my kids, like mm-hmm. makes home milk, just like the ultimate homemaker. And so sweet, so plays the piano, just every little thing that I could think, okay, I need to be like that to mm-hmm. be okay. Yeah. But that's just not who I am. It's just not. And so I would try to 
become something I wasn't and something that didn't really resonate. And um, I think when we're not true to our authentic self, it's dangerous. It's so dangerous. Right. So, and another thing is for some, like in the Utah culture, I just felt like the women are so beautiful and thin and I needed to be a good wife. I needed to be skinny and I had an eating disorder. And then when everything was so, there was so much pressure, I had to take, I didn't have to, but I chose to take the edge off. And I started um, having issues with addiction. And um, I was, I had an autoimmune disease that was undiagnosed. Okay. And um, didn't know what was happening. And I truly believe that your mental health affects your physical health so much yes yeah they're and tied together disease. for sure yep there is so yeah. much disease in the body and i think when you have trauma at a young age and when you are constantly just in fight or flight mm-hmm. it affects your body affects everything yeah so i had a ton of physical pain and i didn't know why so i um I found out that, well, it got to a point where I was bedridden. I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't. I had to quit my job. I wow. just wasn't functioning at all. And then on top of that, I was suicidal. I was just like, what is my value? What's my worth? Um, they thought I had a, um, a growth hormone deficiency. And so I got put on all these hormones and I had gained all this weight. And I felt like image has always been a currency to me. Like the way I look, feeling like it was a big part of my worth and that's a big part of my validation I would get. Yeah. And so after I gained weight, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not, there's no reason for yeah, me to exist. Goes back to that belief yeah. that if, if I'm skinny, I'm okay. Yeah. If I'm not, then I'm not okay. Exactly. And so I was suicidal. I was um, on tons of medication and um, finally I, it got pretty bad I started drinking and I was like going to church I was still active in the church and putting on the show putting on the show yeah putting on the mask everything's okay yep yep and so I but then I would drink and I would say it was my anxiety medicine because I'd I'd run run out of anxiety medicine and so I would drink alcohol just to cope it wasn't even for fun it was just survival at that point And I had my dream job. I was working at a record label as a wardrobe stylist. Dream job. And I couldn't get it together. I couldn't mm. function. I was um, supposed to travel and show up for musicians. And I just couldn't do it. And I also had my daughter was young. Um, I felt like a huge victim because I found out I couldn't have kids. And so I was so angry at God. I was so angry at my circumstances. Yeah. And... Um, I finally got to a point where I, I remember asking a friend for medication because I was I was drug seeking and he was like, here's the thing. He's like, if you need, I will go out on the streets and buy drugs for you. But I think you have a problem. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of weird. I yeah. know. And I think. I'll wh- get the drugs for you, but yeah. you have a problem. But I think what he was saying was because I was actually asking for marijuana because okay. it was my way of being like, you know, that's not right. as get bad as getting street drugs. And right. I think he was saying like the extreme of like, if, if you need me to do the extreme, I will. But you know, I'll be codependent. <laughs> yeah. we have a problem. Yeah. And um, my dad struggled with addiction. And I always um, it, it was really it was hard. It was really hard to be called an addict. And it honestly, to me, was the ugliest, worst word I could ever hear. 
And I was in therapy for so long just trying to say like, no, like proof. No, no, no. I'm not an addict. Mm -hmm. This is me. So I am denying it. Like, no, that's not who I am. So I was like, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to just take my, my medication as prescribed. And I I went like two weeks and everything was empty. And Mm. so I was like, okay, I think I actually, I do have a problem. So I went to the first rehab um, Mm -hmm. and it was in St. George and it was, it was called Therapia and it was an all girls program. And it was really hard. Yeah. It was really How old were you at this time when, when you went down there? Oh, I was probably 27, okay. 28. Okay. Um, and it was, it was so difficult. And honestly, I didn't really want it. I didn't really want it like I did the second time around. Right. I And I feel like I also didn't have a higher power and thought, I'm not even going to try to have a I'm not I don't so you didn't have a connection with God yeah. or a higher power at the time even though you were you know putting on the show like yeah. we said going to church well, yeah putting you know pretending everything's okay yeah oh I was how was your husband through all this up to this point I mean he, he knew you were struggling yeah. obviously right yeah and oh yeah he he did and he was we were so codependent we were so codependent and he thought like rescuing me was being a good husband which he was trying so hard to help and Mm -hmm. it it was not it wasn't good he he's so sweet so kind and he just wasn't um didn't know how to handle it and then we didn't want to talk to anyone about it because we didn't want to keep up the facade we didn't want which I, i think people were pretty aware that i had a problem i would i would just be yeah i would be a mess and but he was uh he was trying to do anything he could to make sure I was okay. Right. And I mean there were times that I would send him to the liquor store and even though like he would not that's completely against his values, he would do it just cuz he felt like that's what it took to be mm-hmm. a good husband. Right. And um and to support you in your struggle yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And um we just both were it was like we were sleepwalking. It was like we just didn't know how to how to cope. It and we, me and Ben are very um, very similar. I call us a yin and a yang, mm-hmm. <laughs> not a yin and a yang. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. um, he, we both struggle with similar things, and so we both would worry about what other people think and keep up this facade and people please and perfectionism and a lot of these things. So we. We just, we were kind of a struggle together. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's in, I think that codependency, you know, we, we throw that word. I mean, I think we're all codependent on some level. We depend on other people. Absolutely. We do. and they, But there's a healthy way and there's a very unhealthy way about that. Yeah. So, and, and that can, obviously, it was getting unhealthy in your relationship, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. And, yeah, it, it got to the point where it's just... Even if when I, um, after I went to rehab, the codependency was so hard. It was like we were in our roles of me being sick and him being the rescuer. And that was hard in its own. Well, talk about, I mean, you're 27 when you go down there Mm -hmm. to rehab. You're going to rehab. Yeah. Tell me, go back and what were your thoughts as you're like, you're checking in? I mean, what was going through your mind? (sighs) So I remember there was a lot of relief. Because okay. I got to the point of just my life was so miserable. 
And but then there was also like, how how is this? How is this my life? How is this happening? And but I also was very stubborn and didn't want didn't want to change. I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't really I was mad. I felt like everything was happening to me and I was still in victim mode and I just was angry. I was angry. I felt angry at God. I felt angry at my family. I felt angry at everything, every situation, anything mm-hmm. I could find. I felt like I was the victim and I had a reason like I had an excuse to mm-hmm. behave the way I did. Yeah. And so I didn't recover after rehab and I I really I struggled and I had a blessing so I was told I couldn't have any kids so after I get out mm. I had a huge blessing and found out I was misdiagnosed and was able to get pregnant and that helped oh, wow. yeah so okay. that helped a ton with the drinking and using and I was able to not do drugs and right. drink and everything while I was pregnant um, I had a C-section and um, had a healthy baby C-section, went on some pain pills for a while, went off um, and then slowly was like, oh, I need I have insomnia now. I need I need medication for that. And mm. oh, now I have some anxiety. I need some medication for that. And slowly things started to right. go back go to back. how they were. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot where. It can creep in like that because yeah. you know, like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm struggling here. I need something to help me there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we turn to pills sometimes, or a lot of, yeah. a lot of the times. I think that's very common where people get caught up in that, and that's the tough part because mm-hmm. you weren't maybe necessarily trying to drug seek, yeah. so right, but, right. but that's unfortunately where it starts leading to, and then it kind of opens up the door to everything yeah. else again, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. So after I had my baby. I um I was doing better but then still I started to leave the church mm-hmm. and started feeling like having a crisis of faith and feeling like this is not the life I wanted. I got uh-huh. put into this situation where I was born into the church and then I had all these rules and restrictions mm-hmm. and all of these things put on me. I was I was oppressed and suppressed and I felt like I had to live this life that it didn't resonate and I started thinking like, I want to live, I want to be free. I want to, I want to do what I want. I want to eat, drink and be married. (laughs) I want to, I want to live. And so, um, I started having my faith crisis and, you know, I, me and Ben started having problems in our marriage and we wanted different things and it was a strain on our marriage. And I was just like, Hey, I, I, this isn't the life I want. Yeah, It's not. And I loved our family, but I just didn't feel happy and healthy and thriving. And I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. And so um, I was still obviously an addiction (laughs) brain. And I, (laughs) and um, I started drinking again. So once I started drinking, it went downhill fast. And um, so then I started drinking and wanted to experience life. And I, we separated and I started partying a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, then I felt sad that I knew I was causing him and my kids pain. And I think my inner being knew it wasn't who I am, but right. it was what I wanted. I wanted. And I, and I, the pendulum swung so far the other way. It was like, I was this 
Relief Society, mom, <laughs> housewife, doing mm -hmm. all these things. And now I'm going to go to Party Girl. And so I started going to bars and drinking and taking party drugs. And I was wild. I, yeah. I went pretty wild. And this continued for longer than I'm happy about. <laughs> it continued for a while. And um, it got to the point where I was just like, what in the hell has happened to my life? Mm -hmm. And... I and I've just felt like who am I anymore like who what it what what is me and what is me trying to project that I'm not this good Mormon girl and what is like it just was like I have no idea who I am I don't know if I am my image I don't know if I am my sexuality I don't know if I am this party girl or a housewife or what am I I have no idea and it was always changing. I think throughout my life, I've always, I was always redefining who I was. Yeah. That I was like, who who am I? You know, when you say this too, one of the best definitions I've heard about what depression really is is we're trying to be someone we're not. Yeah. And so I hear that in your story where you're trying to fit in over here. That doesn't feel right. I feel over, I'm not fitting in over here. Who am I here? Who am I there? Yeah. And you're trying to fit in in all these different areas, and you're still left empty. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And. Um, absolutely. You, the depression thing with not being who you are is exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I'm a huge manifester and I remember, um, I would just like, I sometimes would lay in bed and just dream of the life I wanted. And, um, I was laying in bed and I, I have big dreams. You know this. Tom. Oh yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dream I, I love Macklemore so much. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm envisioning being friends with him and, sure. and all this stuff. And all of a sudden I get hit with, and at this point I have no God, no spirit, nothing. There's yeah. no spirituality in my life. And I'm high and drunk and I'm in bed just, you yeah. know, thinking, man manifesting. And yeah. I get hit with this, it, the most intense spiritual experience I've ever had. And it was like I was held and frozen and it, and it was the, the clearest message. And it was, you can have whatever you want in this life. But if you keep drinking and doing drugs, you will die. Because mm. you can have that too if you want. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, and I just was like, oh my gosh, wow. And so I finally was like, okay, okay, I'm done. And, um... I called a friend and I was like, I need to go into detox. And I was on a lot of pills. And I mean, during this time too, I once, you know, there's times I wouldn't wake up and I would just, there's a lot of, a lot of damage that was done. Right. And I, and I didn't know that I would, and you know, even before that, I would try to stop on my own. And I was miserable. I was miserable. And from the outside, if you looked up at my Instagram, you would think I was the happiest, most like, I was just doing great and I just put on this facade of everything's amazing in life. Yeah. And so I made, I made some calls and I went into detox and it was, I was ready. I was ready. I was like, Hey, I don't, I can't, I don't want this life anymore. It, I wanted to experience life and there was things that I wanted to experience. I remember I was like, I had a list of things I wanted to experience. Like I want to, um, I want to have a one night stand with like a cute guy in a hotel room and 
there was things that happened that I'm just like, that is so empty. That is so empty. And it seems that seems sexy and fun and exciting. It is, it was just completely empty and feeling like that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, and so I, um, went into detox and it was so hard. It was so hard. Oh my gosh. And, um, I didn't want to do an inpatient program. I was like, I'm not doing an inpatient program. My addiction's not that bad. I'm okay. And I had a guy who was in the detox area with me and he was like, you need to go to Wasatch. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and he's like, nope, you need to go. Like it's, (laughs) it's for you. I was like, well, I'm going to do outpatient. He's like, nope, you need to go inpatient. You need to do it. It's the best one. And then I had someone, I had, uh, Ryan. Yeah, Decker. Decker, Decker, yes. Good old Decker. Oh, he's so good. Um, talked to him, and then I had an, a woman come in, I can't think of her name, but she, uh, my insurance wasn't covered with her, and she was like, go to Wasatch. So everything was pointing to Wasatch. And um, I came in, I came in, and oh my gosh, I wanted to leave at first so yeah. bad, and I tried a couple times. Yes, you I did. I was like, this is bullshit, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not yeah. doing this, this isn't for me. I'm better than yeah, this. Yeah, because it's a tough program, and we hit you hard when you first come in. And, oh. And, and Wendy was your therapist, right? Yes. Yeah, and she's she's oh, tough. So tough. And I remember, <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. I, I just was like, I've never been treated like this in my life. Because you guys don't coddle. You don't try to make it comfortable. <laughs> it's yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. But it, it, it was the most transformational month of my entire life. Yeah. And I remember... Um, I was going to pack my bags. Jake came in and was like, you, you know, what's going on? And I was like, I, I, this is bullshit. You guys do processing for two hours a day. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. That's not for me. I, I'm not going to do this. I don't need that. I don't want to hear about other people's problems. Yeah. And um, then I remember walking upstairs to pack my bags and something hit me again. And it was like, you are not just here for you. And I mm. was like, okay. And then I sat in my room and processed. I'm like, okay, I'll stay one more day. And then the next day I saw a girl who I was in recovery with five years before Mm. get her five-year chip. Okay. And I was like, okay, that, and look at her life. Like her life, it was the most, I I was like, I can do this. I want that. I want that. It was the most amazing share. And she just talked about how it was just it was incredible she's like i can't believe this is my life and she looked like a different person yeah she and she was happy she was in a healthy relationship she's a yoga instructor and i was just like if she can do that if i can see where she was and she's here now i can do it too and um and so there's just so many like amazing things that happen like that um throughout the program and it i learned so many amazing principles and had so many candid conversations and was so called out where I know people love me in my life, but I feel like the people who really absolutely love you can call you out. Yeah. They'll tell you the truth. Yes. And that's really what we do here is we just tell you the truth. And it's and one of the things we'll say, Hey, do you want us to be honest or do you want us to be nice? Yeah. And everyone's like, well, yeah, let's be honest. Let's okay. Be. But honest doesn't always feel nice. Yeah. But that's where we get we get right to it, yeah. you know. And and Wendy's one of the best at it. And um, you know, you and I met a lot too. Yeah. And you know, we had some really powerful sessions mm-hmm. where you had these aha moments. I remember when I first met you, kind of that same thing. I could tell you didn't want to be here. You want to leave. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but then, you know, you had this shift and you started working hard. You were, you know, doing everything I was asking you to do and what Wendy was asking you to do. Mm -hmm. And, and you really started to thrive. We saw, we saw that. Yeah. You know, it was, it was honestly the hardest, the hardest transformation. I remember so during the call outs, I would be just panicked the whole time. Okay, what are they going to say? They're going to notice that, you know, because I have this perfectionist thing going. So I would, I would role play in my head being called out and then my rebuttal. Yeah. And I got like two hours of sleep at night. Right. And I was like, okay, I can't do this. I need to just surrender and let this happen. And it was so, it was so cool because I had such a... I had a lot of really spiritual experience here and, f- and started mm-hmm. developing my spirituality here. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had, so a lot of my, I realized I had, I was such a victim to the Mormon church and I was so, I was so angry and you called me out and you're like, resentment leads to rebellion and you resenting the church. What has it done to the church? And I'm like, oh, nothing, nothing. nothing. <laughs> and you're like, what has it done to you? I'm like, I blew up my life. Yeah. And and you're like, if you want to get better, if you want this life, you need to you need to clear that up. You need to forgive and be okay with your past. And I think that a big thing for me was realizing that um things aren't happening to me, they're happening for me. Yeah. And realizing that every the reason that I have learned so much through my experience and that I am who I am because of it. And at the time, I didn't really like who I was. And so that was a hard part. But now looking at where I am, I'm so grateful for everything that's happened and realizing that it's it's all it's all part of the process. It yeah. all is. It's not like, well, that that was a failure and now I'm a failure. No, it's all learning and growing and mm-hmm. it's okay. And I... Um, yeah, this this program was was pretty incredible. I I'm seriously so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. It's it you guys do amazing work, seriously. Well, you know, it's funny. We can have people come through this program and they hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we have people who love it. Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to the individual. You know, I always say this, you know, you can go to the worst treatment center on the planet mm-hmm. and if you really want it, you'll get it. Oh yeah. You can go to the best which I think this place is, yeah. Wasatch Recovery. I think it's the best. You can come here, and if you don't want it, it doesn't matter. You, yeah. You're not going to get it. But yeah. what we saw in the beginning, you didn't want it. No. But then, that, like you said, that shift happened, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it may have been gradual, but things were happening. But we started to see, you no, know, she really wants this. Yeah. And whenever we see a client wanting it, that's when the magic happens. Oh, that's yeah. when things start to, to click. And the motivation kicks in, the desire, the mm-hmm. drive, you know, willing to be uncomfortable, oh. you know. And again, you, you know, we saw that transformation with yeah. you. It was really cool. Well, I think that the cool thing about call-outs, which I was so, <laughs> I was so opposed to in the beginning, is that it's this, it's this opportunity for you to just be like, oh, I'm really imperfect and I have made mistakes, but I am still lovable and amazing and powerful and yeah. okay yeah and it's hard to sometimes see that in you but when you look at other people sharing and you just have so much empathy and compassion and love for that person and seeing their experience and thinking that doesn't change 
the person you are and how amazing yeah. you are. That's something you went through, but that doesn't change your worth or your value. Yeah, I, love that. I remember going, um, oh my gosh, there was, there was some call outs in mm-hmm. that I remember thinking like things that I struggled with. I, I know one of the therapists said something like to a client. He's like, you're fat. And I was like, what did you just say? He's like, you know, you're fat. What does that mean? What does that mean about you? And I was like, I was so upset about it. But thinking about it, like somebody's weight doesn't change their value. And that seemed like a very intense way to say it. But it's it's true. Like, I love that. Like their the view of themselves doesn't change how incredible they are. Right. And so it's so cool having all these mirrors around you of like reflections of, oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) I've experienced that. And I I struggle with that. And so you don't have time to just focus on yourself the whole time. You know, I probably got four hours of processing, but I learned so much in in the sessions that it was. Well, even when you're not actually on the hot seat in process, you're processing. So you had hours and hours and hours and hours of processing. And that's why group therapy is so powerful because when someone's going through something, you can relate. You're like, man, I I know what she's going through or he went through. And I can relate because I've been there too. Yeah. So, yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really amazing. So, um, so how are you doing now? What, how's life going? You know, what, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, obviously you've been clean for a while now, but I mean, you, you got some exciting things coming up. Just talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Okay. So (laughs) once I got out of treatment, I was really careful about the company I kept. So I, I shrunk my group and I just kept safe people around until I got I felt really really solid Mm -hmm. and um I was told don't date no relationships and um that was honestly maybe harder than yeah the drugs and alcohol for sure because I got a lot of validation out of that but I remember Wendy said something to me in therapy and she was like you need to take some time to yourself like a year to yourself she said i promise you it will be the greatest gift you've ever given yourself mm-hmm. so and i that just kept coming to me that that message and so i was like okay hey, i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and it's gonna be transformative and hard but it's gonna be amazing so i just focused on being a mom i got new hobbies i love yoga so into yoga i'm also the thrift queen I love thrift store shopping. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And so I got into, um, I started researching more about fashion and styling and just got excited about my passions. And I created more relationships that mattered. So I, Mm, I the coolest thing that has happened is I used to have so much resentment towards my mom about, you know, you got a divorce and you ended up married guy who was abusive and this happened this happened and I had so much resentment like how could you do that and realizing that I realized it here is she did the best she knew how mm-hmm. and she could and I was able to look at her with compassion and love and realizing that I too is I was in pain and I was doing the best I could best I was could. I was not yeah. being the greatest mom and my kids could totally look at me and think what in the hell was she doing what was she doing and that was a a huge aha moment for me to think okay Mm -hmm. i need to have compassion that i would want from my children because i'm a human 
being a mom doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't magically yeah. make mean you're going to just make all the right choices. You're human. Yeah. So I've been able, I developed the coolest relationship with my mom. We That's are like, awesome. like I went from like hardly talking to her to like, in just being angry at her to we talk almost every day. We have, we actually have thought about doing a podcast together, she, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. just like the coolest, cool. the coolest relationship. Yeah. And then with family and my kids, I have, I was asleep with my kids before and now I like we have conversations and we connect and we do fun things and even quarantine has been the coolest yeah. opportunity. Well, real quick, speaking yeah. of the connection you have with your kids, yes. which is amazing, you know, I challenged you to do something when you were here in treatment and I do this thing. We do family night once a week at Wasatch Recovery where we invite the families and and I was in charge of family night this particular time and I challenged you and asked mm -hmm. you to write a letter about what greatness is and mm -hmm. as if you were writing it to your own kids. Yeah. And so Angelique wrote this amazing letter and she invited Ben and her two kids to come listen to this letter and she shared it in front of the entire group. Mm -hmm. Not just all the residents, but all their families. Yeah. Place was packed and that letter was unbelievable. And to mm -hmm. see the expressions of your children on their faces was amazing. Talk a little bit about that and how that was empowering oh, for that you. That was a big turning point for me. Mm -hmm. um, I actually was gonna bring it and share it, but it's, you know. It's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we'll let that um, slide. Yes. So, <laughs> um, you know, I really thought about what greatness was and I wanted to, what I would want my kids to know. And a big part of it was that greatness is, is about being okay with being imperfect. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. It's not winning first place. It's showing up. Yeah. It's not being the most popular. It's being the most loving. It's not being perfect. It's being okay with your imperfections. Mm -hmm. And while being up in front of them and all these people and just staring at my daughter, uh, she had so much pride on her face. And she was yeah. just like in awe. Like it was like I was a celebrity. It was, yeah. I was a rock star <laughs> to her. Yeah, sure. And um, I think that was that was a point. I remember after that, and so many people came up and were touched by it. And um, I realized, like, I could be an example, and I could be a like I could show people that you. I want to empower people to be okay with who they are, to love themselves, and to realize that this is what this is what I say is. Um, if you are in addiction, you're on the path to a hero's journey. This is yeah, your beginning. Right. And it doesn't mean that's your future. Or this is the way you need to live. It just means you're you're on the path and it's yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And honestly, the blessings of my addiction has been amazing. Yes. It's been that. incredible. I have so, it's like I get to wake up and feel amazing and think okay i'm not hungover i'm not ha i'm not needing to rely on drugs or alcohol to be okay i have tools i can process i can communicate it's just like i am yeah. i'm so grateful at who i am and the things i've learned well you also don't wake up with this mental load on top of you where and this emotional toll because you've resolved these resentments yeah yes you know you've and, and so you don't wake up with this heaviness yeah. as well. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. I I, I think there's, an, um, I'm a huge Abraham Hicks fan. Mm -hmm. 
she says, um, and this kind of goes along with the depression thing, is that anxiety is being so is separated from who your inner being, who you really are. Yeah, right. And it feels so uncomfortable because you're not you're not in alignment yeah. with who you actually are. And so I just lived and, and I think that was so true is that I knew who I wanted to be and who yeah. I actually am, who, what my soul is. Sure. But I was so far away from it. And I think also having and belief systems are a thought that you keep thinking. Right. Yeah. And so I, with the belief systems I had, I was always anxious. I was always depressed. Everything was happening to me. And I think the shift of saying, um, of changing my belief systems has been incredible. Yeah. It's such a better wow. way to live. It's, it's not that hard either. Yeah. Does that? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, yeah, I think we overcomplicate it. Yes. Yes. You know? That's, that's, I mean, it de definitely takes work, absolutely. but it's not like this gigantic solution, yeah. so to speak. It's like, oh, if I just start shifting my energy in this direction, yeah. oh, look what yeah. can happen. It's pretty amazing. Yep, it's, it is. <laughs> um, I'm going to have you read something, read that out loud and then tell me what you feel about that. Okay. I remember it's the first time. The most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize that there is nothing wrong with you. I remember when I um, first came into your office and we sat down and you're like, and I was crying, I was in tears, and you're mm. like, hey, read that. And I, I think I tried to convince you that that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. Todd, but this, this, yeah. and this. And honestly, that, it is, it's amazing. It's so true that mm -hmm. realize that we are, imperfect people and we struggle but that doesn't mean there's something wrong with us yeah. and i think i was so quick to believe that there was something intrinsic intrinsically wrong with me right that there yeah. i wasn't lovable i wasn't enough i wasn't worthy and i had to do all this stuff to make up for it yeah. and through this process i had a lot of aha moments but it was very gradual too realizing that i'm an actually very incredible person yeah and there is nothing nothing wrong with me and we put these labels on ourselves and um you know there's diagnosis there's labels there's in this world we're constantly faced with identifying as something judging ourselves and honestly i feel like realizing that there's nothing wrong with me has yeah. been so empower empowering and so beautiful yeah wow yeah i remember that moment and you know it's funny because clients will People will try to convince. <laughs> no, there is something wrong, man. <laughs> Trust me. And it's it's not that we're saying that statement doesn't mean that we don't have issues or problems that we need to work on. Yeah. What it means inherently, your 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 value is at a hundred, and it yes. always has been, and it always will yes. be. I think I remember telling you that I told you quit looking for the diamond necklace that's already oh. around your neck. Oh my gosh! Yes. You know you're digging in the couch cushions. You're you're like yelling to everybody, "Where's my diamond necklace?" Yeah. And I was like, it's already around your neck. Yes, that you're like, oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. And it's always been there and it always will be. Yeah. Even when you make a mistake, yeah. your value doesn't change. That That is a huge, would you call that a principle? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which I I got rid, I was like, okay, church principles, done. I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm just a blank slate. I'm just going to do what I want. So I, I started building more principles and beliefs mm -hmm. and stuff. And that was something that was a huge aha moment for yeah. me and thinking like I I have everything I need who it's all within me yeah it's just realizing it. and I don't have to try to be good I am good yeah there's nothing I have to do to be good or look good or yeah it's just within it's yeah. already there 
And again, then you're now being who you really are. Yes. Which eliminates that anxiety, that yeah. depression. Remember trying to be someone we're not. Yes. No, I know who I am. Yeah. Inherently, I'm a good person. I am love. I'm light. I'm right. energy. When we know yes. that and we live in that, it's it's amazing how we feel. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I see that in your countenance, you know, mm-hmm. like... You know, a year ago when I saw you compared to now, it's like, it's wow. It's amazing to see just the glow yeah. and the energy of you. And so, and I know, I know you got some exciting things coming up. Yeah. You know, I know we can't give the details yes. about it, but you know, you, you manifested that as well. You yeah. put some things out there yeah. and you're going to be doing something really cool coming up. Yes. That uh, eventually everyone will know about. Yes. That's right? a good way to put it. And, and I know it's like, uh, I wish we could say it, yes. but we can't. Uh, we she can. had to sign an NDA and uh but uh some cool stuff some exciting stuff to come yes and it's so it's so cool that like i think the belief that you can do whatever you want and that i am powerful beyond measure hey hey Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um that it's just like i am in it and and i think that having passion about something has been huge in my recovery because I was very passionate about addiction and the lifestyle I had. So I had room for passion. I had some room (laughs) and I was like, Hey, what am I going to fill this time and energy with? And I'm like, I am going to go for my dreams and I'm going to talk about it. And I think I remember, um, so I have a dream to have my own reality show Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm a thrift, I'm a thrifter. I, have an Instagram called thrift store stylist and I was a wardrobe stylist turned it into thrifting and I have all these dreams and so I started talking about it I started visualizing it I started putting it out there I've had things just kind of moving into place and happening right. and it's just so exciting yeah and it's that's awesome I can do anything I'm a, a- absolutely I'm, yeah <laughs> I got this <laughs> no you're amazing and I'm so so uh, happy for you to Thank see you. how good you're doing and you've put in the work and you you, you listen to the principles you've learned here at Wasatch and you've embraced them yeah. and you've incorporated them to your life. And that's why you're doing well. Again, you're doing the work mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it. Um, if someone's listening to this podcast right now and they're struggling and they're just having a rough time, yeah. what what's some advice maybe you could give them right now? I know it's a, you <gasps> know, a big question, yeah. you know, but uh, I, I'm sure there's someone right now who's listening to this that yeah. needs needs maybe... Obviously, your whole podcast is amazing advice, but Um, if someone's having a rough time, what could you tell them? You are never too far gone. You're never, it's, it's not hopeless. And it feels like that. And when you're that low, I understand when it just feels like I'm done. Right. I can't anymore. And I think that, um, you've never gone too far to redeem, to come back and that, when you are in that place of that much pain and I think it's easy to have judgments on yourself and beliefs that you are not worthy and you're not lovable and you're not enough and you shouldn't even live. And I've been there. I've so been there and it is a lie and you have so much value. And I would say that, um, you, you, it's hard and it's difficult and, it, but I promise it is not nearly as hard as the pain you feel right now. And if you can commit to changing your life, which you 100% absolutely can, you will be in shock at what your life looks like. Yeah. It is, in, it, it's like I can't believe 
my life right now. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm in shock. And I, and even if things weren't going so well, the way I feel every day, just being in my skin is, is I, I can't even think of words. It's <laughs> incredible. Isn't it even yeah. enough? Sure. And, um, yeah, I would just say, don't, don't give up hope, reach out and you can get through it. It's yeah. possible. Very well said. That was beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you. That's <laughs> great advice. And I felt that. And I know people hearing this will feel that as well. If someone wanted to ask you a question, who's listening to this, yeah. or if they wanted to reach out to you or, or even, even follow you, what yeah. would be the best way for them to do that? Can you share that with yes. us? Yes. So on Instagram, it's thrift underscore store underscore stylist, thrift store stylist. Uh, slide into the DMs. That's what the cool kids say, right? I guess. I think yeah. it is. I don't know. I'm not cool. So I don't <laughs> say, I'm just like, DM me. <laughs> um, on Facebook, Angelique Richards. And yeah, I think yeah. that's the best way. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if, if anyone has a question, please ask, uh, reach out to Angelique and, and ask her a question. Yeah. She's an open book. I am a total open book. Yeah. And if you ever need support, I'm I'm here too. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, and I know that's part of what you want to do moving forward yeah. is help other people in a really profound way. And hopefully this, uh, you sharing your story on yeah. our belief cast today that it will help kind of um, springboard you in that direction yeah. because you do have a, an amazing story. You. You're, you're a light to this world. You're a light to me, uh, to everyone here at Wasatch. You know, we love you. And we, we're so grateful to see how well you're doing and that you've just you just listened to what was said and now you're doing the work. So we're really we're really excited for you. Thank you so much, Todd. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful to know you and and uh, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you. That you was bet. so fun. <laughs> yeah, so there you go, folks. Uh, another amazing story from another amazing person. And I, I love what she said. Just remember your value never fluctuates. It's always the same. You're amazing, all of you. And if you know anyone who might be struggling with their self-worth, please share this belief cast with them because they need to hear Angelique's story. So thanks again for believing in me and for all your support. And until next time, 